You're listening to the oneofus.net podcast network. One of Us is a podcast and video network funded all but entirely by donations and subscriptions. We do accept pitches for audio-based or banner ads, but on a case-by-case basis. If you're interested in that, contact us at oneofusnet at gmail.com. With the amount of audio and video content we generate, it is expensive and extremely time-consuming to keep things running. Please go to the webpage oneofus.net and sign up for a subscription at 2 5 10 or $25 and get a ton of bonus content. One of us needs and appreciates all your support. Guess what, kids? It's time for another digital noise. <laughs> oh, I'm so sad and happy at the same time. Like, Wait, why I'm, would you be sad? I'm sad because, oh, right. Yes, Chris. it's taken you this long to watch the Rocky films. Look, look, that's... and I'm happy because you're finally getting to watch the Rocky films. Oh, okay. I, uh, well... I can't wait to hear how much you've loved them unabashedly. Uh, uh, yeah, without uh, shame. Uh, we'll get ready to be a little bit more sad. Uh, what? Uh, Hey, it's Digital Noise, the Digital Noise Boys, only on oneofus.net. It's Chris Cox. I'm sorry, Chris Cross Cox. And of course, Sir Lord Wright Sulek. Ever tell you that? Because. Huge mistake. I'll never forget. (laughs) If you don't know what he's talking about, refer back to earlier Digital Noise episodes. I'm not going to explain it. It's a a running series. It's a, a, you know, a a serial, if you will. We're like midway through the 300s at this point. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, listen to when I got because that's when it got good, and uh, I mean, some it, would say, yeah, you had you had to crack the two eighty mark, and then finally you got me on board, and I was like, I guess I'll just write this ship because that's so my speak. name. Yeah. Uh, you know, we've been doing this for a very long time since I think it was may have been the first podcast on one of us dot Oh, really? It was Digital Noise? Wow! It was me and Brian Salisbury who now does Junk Food Cinema. Yep. Uh, but it was just the two of us back then, uh, and then we had a sidekick, which was Luke, who at that point was his roommate, who was like Luke could be there. I mean, I can say that because I'm on Digital Noise now, because <laughs> he's not. No, don't say that because Luke will. Luke's a good guy. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. good for Luke. Yeah, you want to go to Fantastic Fest? You don't want to say fuck Luke. Luke, I love you. <laughs> Why are you doing the show now? <laughs> <laughs> but we've had many digital noisers over the years. Uh-huh. And the reason for that is as simple as I hand you a massive stack of films. And you go, I have never heard of most of these. <laughs> and some weeks you're like pleasantly surprised. And other weeks you're like, I can't believe I had to sit through all that. And you know what? I'm looking forward to that surprise week. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, you've had those surprise weeks. Look, you've had those. I was warned even before doing the show. Like, right. Are you sure you want to do this? Really? Oh, I, did yeah. Marco lecture you about I'm it? not going to name names, but let's just Marco. say, let's just say the person's name was, Marco, yeah, but yeah. I, it's not his name. I mean, who it's, would have a name as Marco? It's a crazy commitment, man. Yeah, and there's like, I gotta warn you, you're gonna have to watch like nine, thirteen movies. Like, what are you talking about? I do that all the fucking time. And then I was like, uh oh, spaghettios. <laughs> uh, and now I'm cursed. Here we are. Yeah, I, I, I have you. Thank God. Thank God. <laughs> also, I think it's like 
more uh, at this point now is like, please just do this. I, I have John Golson <laughs> who's doing it largely because he wants to stay a member of the Austin Film Critics Association. And you know what? And he's like, I, I like, I can't go. Like, he's physically limited, and he can't go out to a, as many press screenings as sure. he'd like to. Yeah. So he's like, uh, this is my outlet that I can stay in the AFCA. I keep re- re- reviewing stuff, and John Golson's great. He's also a, a big upcoming actor. He is, yeah. I, yeah, he's great. His movie is like playing around the country right yeah, now. Yeah, I, so. I, I've been seeing it. Good, good for him. Yeah. And I'm stuck here, yeah. and I'm not in the Austin Film Critics also Association. Also, a film director actor who's not in the AFCA. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sorry yeah. about that. No, it's okay. It's totally fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. I tried. Oh, I know you did not. I did. I, I know you tried. did. But I, I, I put in like. But oh, I'll say right. I'll. I was yeah. gonna say I was like you know what fuck the Austin Film Critics Association. Wait, please let me in. No, I mean like we're actually talking about having more like informal meeting and hangouts. Oh like good. Bars and stuff. Oh good. So next time we do one, I'll invite you along. Oh yeah. So you like, get to. Hey, to, are you guys just, listen to digital no, noise you now? Do, you don't pimp your case. You just hang out so they know who you are. They know who I so am. So then when, if even one of them is in the voting group for who gets in, they'll be like, oh yeah, right, that guy, he's cool. Okay, how yeah. much money, though, do they need to let me in? Almost any. Any? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I don't think there's been any graft Gu- at all. Guys, guys, I, I, I one, buy... one of them was like, you're offering me money to get in the AFCA? Yes. <laughs> yeah, will, will the AFCA, will they take bribes? Guys, reach out to me. I will... No. gladly give I'm you bribes. I'm sure that they are all more honorable than that. Oh, I don't think they are. They'll they look, are a part of the Austin Film Critics Association. Look at your output and they would judge it honestly. Oh. They'll, they're going to need a lot more bribes then for yeah, me. Yeah, a lot more bribes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's what I was trying to get across here. Do better. They really need those bribes. It's like, well, I don't know. But when we hear digital noise review Blu-rays and DVDs. Well, not DVDs as much anymore, but uh, and 4Ks. And we have a stack of stuff to look at this week. And I was beyond thrilled when I found out that right. If he hadn't actually seen the Rocky films, uh-huh. at the very least, didn't remember seeing the Rocky films. Well, that that is that's the story I'm sticking to. Is that I have seen Rocky, but evidently it's been so goddamn long that I was like. I don't know I've ever seen Rocky because rewatching it, it was like, holy shit. I don't, I don't remember, remember any of that. I don't remember any of it. And I mean, there, I think for all of them, you remember certain scenes because they're yeah. iconic as we were talking about before off mic. Super iconic. And, yeah. uh, and like, you know, all the different references, uh, to the Rocky series. I think more people remember, uh, the third and the fourth one more than anything. Which is weird. Which is weird. Yeah. But I mean, they're the most like recent quote unquote. Uh, but, uh, yeah, uh, but I have not seen well, two, not three, and four. Reason, but, well, yeah. sure, compared to the okay, first we'll one. We'll get into that. Yeah. The, the point is this new collection, Rocky the Knockout Collection, the first time these have been on 4K, uh, as opposed to the previous collection on Blu-ray, which I honestly can't remember if I was on the review for or not, because believe it or not, once upon a time of Digital Noise, uh-huh. we had enough Digital Noise reviewers that I wasn't on every Digital Noise episode. Wow. It was split up where we would take turns switching you around. fucking lamos, yeah, leaving take, it just to Chris, myself, and John. We, we, Fuck you, we people! Take turns splitting it up where we like like shift around with who was reviewing with you. So I, I, I didn't always get Sounds like a wonderful to, age of Digital Noise. It was actually pretty good. Um, <laughs> <laughs> as opposed to right this second. <laughs> It sounds more merciful than, than it does now. <laughs> uh, but they released the whole collection, which is 
at that point, all the way up to Rocky Balboa, which is Rocky Six, basically, uh-huh. uh, on Blu-ray, which yeah. I still have. Yeah, uh, uh-huh. And Rocky Balboa is tremendously good, and you should watch it. Yeah. I know. I was like, I was encouraging him oh, after oh. watching these. It's like, seriously, they're on my Voodoo account. You have access to it. Yeah. Just watch it, because I guarantee you it'll be worth your time. It's so good. It'll melt your heart. It's Here's terrific. the thing. I'm a great student. So when you tell me that I only have to watch one through four, like, got it. And uh, <laughs> I don't go on from there. I don't stray. I don't, right. I don't need to do extra, uh, you know, credit. I don't need to do that. It's about want to do. Exactly. I don't want to do that. <laughs> well, that's a real shame because Rocky Balboa is great. And I was <clears> very sad that this is not getting the whole collection and honestly i feel like if there's a holdout for people who are like you know i want these on 4k because they're really great films or at least some of them uh i know they're gonna put out a they're gonna there's gonna be another like double dip cut on this where it's like okay now here's the whole collection so this was just one through four this like this This is just one through four why do they do that i because that's as much as they had had gotten to at that point i guess and also weird because there recently got released a recut of rocky four oh right which is the non-robot cut so both (laughs) both versions are in this rocky four the regular theatrical cut and rocky four the ultimate director's cut a brand new remix of this which was supervised by i got rid of the the robot because you guys fucking hated that by writer director sylvester stallone and was sent out under the title rocky versus drago which like okay Uh um and rocky four is the weakest film of the four like, oh, I'm sorry. I know I, I, I could see people raising <clears throat> up their hands and going, oh, you know what? And I would say, one, you're wrong. Uh, really? Pe- no, no, no. People, uh, because oh. uh, that's fucking stupid. Because uh, the fourth one is it's next to garbage. It's not like rotting, yeah. but it's just like, what? What? what is this? This is not a movie. I'm Th- still enchanted by the Rocky story and the, his characters and everything that's going on. Like, I'm in love with them enough. Yeah. By the time you get to four that I'm going, I'm giving a certain amount of a pass, Yeah, but this is not a good movie. Even it's the first movie that the final fight is not great. Like the, the one through three, the final fight oh, is fantastic. Right, right. It's yeah. so well shot. It's yeah. so dramatic. You're on edge. And the thing is like, when you, like you remember in South Park, the movie and like even Rocky had a montage in the song yes yeah they're talking about rocky four because the entire fucking movie is a montage. it's just montage and montage yeah. and montage yeah and the, even the fight turns into a montage well which is not a it great that, idea well it does that in the the first and uh i think one, um where they have to like after the first few rounds because like i i didn't know there was like 15 no. rounds there's like, certain it gets points where they, there's certain points where like they cut away into like okay here's the well it's we're just, getting it's, rid of the middle part yeah. where with well, the lady that just holds up like it's 12 now yeah you're like okay right but the dr- real dramatic moments are saved in right. four it's like okay let's like most of the fight is fast forwarded through in a montage right no you no know? all of it is yeah. it's ridiculous wait so how do we want to talk about this do we want to talk about like each one individually or just like the who well, I, I will say okay so the original rocky came out in 1976 it was directed by john g avildsen mm-hmm. uh who also uh did the first three karate kid films and he did the fifth rocky 
Uh, he did. He came back because he was uh, like, I got to get back that Rocky money. <laughs> and the, which is why widely agreed upon as the worst Rocky. Oh, really? So you miss, you mean to say that I uh, dodged a bullet? With five. With five? Also, I dodged five bullets? I still watched it like three or four times. I have never seen it and I don't think yeah. I will. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, you know, I mean, this movie was a game changer when it came out. Rocky, not Rocky, five. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like, it was... But just perfect for its time, I guess. It, like it, like uh, we're talking about, because uh, really almost halfway through the movie, I, I was like convincing myself is that I don't think I've actually ever seen this because the if I did see it, it was so long ago as a kid that uh, all that stayed in my memory is like, okay, I'm pretty sure Rocky loses. And that was about it. Yeah. And, um, and so watching his down and out life who it is so depressing. I was like, wow, this is a really interesting, like, as you said earlier off mic is that this is a a great character study of like kind of a loser and uh, in life. And, uh, but like, he's, he's genuinely a, you know, a a good person. He gets a, there's so many things I have to say about this because I really couldn't wait to talk about Rocky and the whole (laughs) uh, franchise that like there, the way that he, I'm assuming it was like charming the way that he's trying to like hit on Adrian at towards the beginning. Oh no, it's creepy. It's creepy. Yeah. It's by very, today's standards. Today's standards are just like creepy and is like she also is like when you first see her, you're like, Why are you into her? <laughs> well, She's like this mousy totally mousy, wildly unattractive woman. And like later no, on in the series, you're like, damn, you're hot. No, Talia sure, Shire. sure. Shire? But yeah. the thing is, like, I, I get it, is because like it, I'm assuming in his head, like, oh, what was the what's the problem? We're both losers. And uh it's so like it's like you you manage this uh pet store and uh, I I'll, I'll you know, I'll fuck you. And uh and so what? That's almost what he says. And so uh, it's I'm, just to be fair, it works out. It, it works out. Uh, and she's just like, I don't like. I'm not. I'm very shy. I don't like to be really out in the open. He's like, Hey, I like to you know tell kids what to do. And uh, <laughs> and so like it's just, there's just all these odd little moments of like building out his character. It's a, it's a he's a strange character. Very strange. And, but why don't people talk about but that? Fascinating. Fascinating for yeah. sure. Like he's he's a good guy. Yeah. He um he does like. I, I didn't even remember this part that he works for like basically a local like mob guy. Yeah, like shake good, it down. He's a good guy. He's dumb. He is dumb. And he's, he's the dumb. first person to acknowledge that yeah. he's dumb. He's like, he's like, I know I'm not smart, but I'm really trying. I'm really trying. He's, and he, that's, and he, he never that's gives the, up. That's the core of that character that right. makes him so like admirable to people like here's a guy who like no matter he knows he was dealt a shit sandwich from yeah. the beginning and i'm going to eat that sandwich because i don't know what it is <laughs> and it's got filled with protein it's filled it's with protein for your Come muscles on, baby yeah. that, that's brisk baby but he's got this one skill that even then he's considered in the beginning he's considered he's not even faintly a contender you know and that's why apollo creed uh, picks him and i didn't know it was like it's only because like i like his name his name, Italian Stallion. How about Apollo Creed, the like a great black American who's the heavyweight champion of the world, fights the Italian Stallion. Because well, if you it's know the anything most American about, thing in the world. If you know anything about boxing, it's showmanship, right? It's very much and showmanship, it's a yeah. A lot of like sometimes you get those guys, like, you know, Mike Tyson was a good example right, where it was right. like nobody wanted to fight him. Yeah, and his, Tyson went his through interest a music of that. was just like 
a a uh, a single note like, no. boom, like Tyson fuck. went through the same thing where no one wanted to fight him because they were like no why why I'm gonna get my ass handed to me and then I will never be considered again right you know yeah like, like he is really 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 good yeah that was Apollo Creed in this film where yeah. like yeah he's so good that nobody wants to fight him and right. it's like okay we need something to drum up interest. Like, what about this local boy here? Right. And then, you know, it's a big comeback story. And even though Rocky doesn't like, and this is spoilery stuff. Okay. So if you've never seen the Rocky films and you really should. And yeah, if you haven't discussed the spoiler, we're going to discuss the spoiler. (laughs) Shut up. If you discuss the spoiler wise, (laughs) because we assume most people have seen at least like enough to know that you Rocky ready tune out if you haven't seen it doesn't win the first fight, but only by a technicality. Yeah, and well, and that's what leads to the second one, which yeah. is interesting. Is that I I love it that it's such like like ooh, um, <laughs> it's so razor th- thin of a of a margin of like how uh, Apollo Creed wins based based on points. Yeah, that um that he it leads to his motivations. Like I Apollo Creed wants to rematch Rocky because in the second movie because he thinks that Rocky thinks that you. Th- you think you actually won that match. And Rocky is so humble. He's like, no, uh, uh, you he, won. He's also like, I don't really care that I, he's like, I, I, I don't he's really like, care I at got, all. I got the paycheck. I gave me a little bit of extra stuff in my life. I'm not yeah. expecting. I never expected to get rich and famous from this. My box I of just, apartments now, two box of apartments. I, I want to be with Adrian and my, and Paulie my is okay. totally terrible Let's brother. Let's talk <laughs> about Paulie. The worst Polly is the worst character the worst. in cinema history. Yeah, he is. He serves a purpose. He serves a purpose. He is despicable. He is <sighs> an awful human being. The fact that, like, and it makes Rocky seem so much like a saint that he pulls, he puts up with anything. I think that's that Polly does. The whole point. Of it's Polly. It is crazy because yeah, Polly is is Adrian's brother who kind of wants to fuck her. Yeah. I, I don't know about that. Well, I don't know. I yeah, got that little thing. He was like, hey, what? He why, watched, why are you doing Why are you like, I was taking care of her. And you know, like, I wanted to put it in her again, first. Again, right. Stop watching incest porn. Look, <laughs> this triggered me. <laughs> <laughs> and also, who would want to see this incest porn? <laughs> no, I, no, it's he's and he's also a disgusting human being. Like he is, I think for the time. Somehow the actor is still alive. It's, I, no I know. Idea. It's crazy. Because he looks like he's 60 in the movie. Yeah. Right? You know? But like, uh, and what's depressing as hell for his like just physical look. I bet he was like 31. Uh, <laughs> but like he is constantly drunk and uh and he it's like that 70s movie drunk where it's like what they're drinking all the time no big deal i was like if you look at it now it's like whoa i dude was fucking fucking hammered all the goddamn time like in the first movie like you're like yeah you're like leaving las vegas drunk he's like first movie you're like okay considering what's going on i get why Rocky and Polly are friends, and I'm like, I uh, don't. I'm like, I, I do. I'm like, they're both total losers. They they grew up together. I'm like, whatever. Rocky's like, yeah, all right, man. Polly, stop, stop. Polly, you, stop you, why, why are you treating yeah. people like yeah. that? You, you you shouldn't drink that much. But, Come on, what are you but doing? I, get, I had friends like that when I was in my fucking like teens and early twenties. I'm like, and eventually I moved away and was like, bye. Uh, this explains <laughs> a lot now. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but like, I get it. Uh, but I think ultimately Polly serves the purpose in the series of being 
like that what example not that, to do that no the example of showing like rocky's real humanity and his humility of yeah. of like that he is like regardless of anything this guy does mm-hmm. he's still family but what, and what i'm I, going to care about him i and, get it i yeah. get it but what i don't care for that character of Polly is that he doesn't really grow until like the very end of the fourth one and it's like that is four fucking movies yeah. to get through just to see like ah uh, okay now you had an arc that's about it and he has that one weird moment i can't remember it was in three and four where he just goes all jerk on rocky that's the fourth one is the fourth one where yeah, he's he, just like out of nowhere out of nowhere like he like he fuck oh my god he uh he, okay uh for no fucking reason he's like sort of making money but then like rocky doesn't help i don't know what's happening and rocky uh, bought him a robot okay wait wait well, hold on so uh paulie uh is like super drunk course uh and he's like walking around uh philly and he goes into like an arcade and it's just a really surreal scene too he's just he's like in that stupor kind of drunk where he's just looking around and he sees a pinball machine of rocky and he's just like what the fuck and then he throws his bottle of booze yeah, at it and it destroys point, rocky it. has gone from street guy that nobody but the neighborhood people who re- weirdly sing on street corners know. Yeah. But uh, to like a, a American icon. Yeah. Like second know? one he wins and third one he beats Culper Lang, but whatever. Yeah, yeah. And he, so he's one of the highest paid boxers in the world. Yeah. He's, so. he's, he's a champ. He's yeah. a champ. And so, uh, and he like, he breaks the pinball machine and then he get he's like sent to jail. And then there's this scene when Rocky bails him out and Polly has the audacity to just like, well, the fuck? It was like, you got everything and I don't have nothing. I don't like you. He's like, I'm and, literally paying for your house, your yeah, car, everything that you've crazy. got. <laughs> I, I don't understand why he's not groveling at Rocky's feet. And then Rocky is like, do you want a job? And, uh, or like, uh, and he's like, oh, oh, he's like, all you have to do is ask. Dude, again, it's Rocky four, yeah. which is the most overrated of all the Rocky films. I'm I, sorry. Again, I know people are screaming out there. What? You're crazy. Hold on one Rocky second. Rocky four is not a good movie. No, it's not. I, I don't understand if people are rating this movie because it's not a good movie. Yeah. Uh, the robot thing. Here's I've watched so, it like nine times. Well, for the I've, I've, I've watched it once and that'll be one too many. Um, the, the robot thing. I don't actually give a shit about because it's so weird. I just, I'm just don't like, care. I don't care enough because I think it's more of the, what I care about more than anything else is like, you know, Polly's character has been just so grating this entire time. Yeah. And then they pull in this robot thing to be his like, you know, little maid robot thing. But the fact that there is hints that Polly wants to fuck the robot. Yeah. No, not even hints. Yeah. He's he reprogrammed. Like, like, thing. I think, I'm thinking I'm going to marry that it thing. He reprograms the thing where it's got a hot chick voice. And, I don't yeah. understand why people don't talk about that more. From this movie, like, oh man, it's Dolph Lundgren, and he, uh, he, you know, he fights a uh, Drago and all these things. Like, uh, what about the part that Paulie was basically openly saying, like, hey, I think I want to fuck that robot. I'll tell you this, like, outside of any of that, which is obvious, I agree with you. I think about the um, fucking I robot have problems part. with the, like, I have problems with the way the the film is built. With I like the whole Rocky goes to Russia and he's training in Russia stuff. I thought that was really cool. Uh, like yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I thought that was all really well done. And the whole the uh, the, be, the be, relationship between him and Adrian, where she like is mad and then comes back. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. I get that. The death of Apollo Creed. Spoiler. Uh, I don't is, fucking care. It's actually really cool. It is I, good. I thought yeah. that was well done. Yeah. And like and and like wow, that gets you all set up. It's just the second half of this film where 
It just turns into one nonstop montage well, of stuff and like a lot of bad songs. Yeah, a lot it's, of bad songs. It's funny how that it, it is very much montagey. Uh, the like the last like the the middle to like almost climax, uh, like thirty minutes of just like really nice nonstop montage, and it actually kind of becomes a slog where you're just yeah. like, oh fuck, okay, we're gonna train, we're train, we're train. You've seen this montage a fucking billion times in the first one, in the second one, in the third one, in the fourth. And like, it's just like, I get it, I get it, I get it. And, but it always gets me. I, the montage of training always gets me. It does not for me. Yeah. Uh, But this one is the one where I'm like, I love the Rocky stuff because it's different this time. He's doing stuff like he has to be inventive. He's like in the fucking uh, like USSR. He's he's becoming superhuman-ish because he's like, because Ivan Drago is like, it's all science. Ivan Drago is like doing on these machines and he's like, it's comfortably temperature and Rocky's out there doing stuff where even like the, the KGB guys assigned to watch him are like. It's kind of a badass. <laughs> I, I, I can pick up boulders, no big deal. Yeah, uh, but like, I want to go. I don't want to spend too much time bitching about four because we have a bunch more movies to talk I about. Guess. But like, I do want to say three is one and two are character pieces, hundred mm-hmm. percent character piece films. Like by the way that we define boxing films today, that's based on Rocky three. Yeah, like Rocky three is the one that like kind of set the tone for like okay, there has to be a certain amount of fights during it and stuff. Rocky one and two are hundred percent character pieces. There's barely really any boxing in them. One real fight and yeah. gr- great fights with emotional impact Man. and everything. But like three is the first one where it goes like, all right, we have to have a whole bunch of shit. Uh, like throughout it, if. <laughs> That that he fights Hulk Hogan. Uh, oh, that's right. And it's, yeah, it's hysterical. Thunder lips. It's really really funny fight. I mean, I know Hulk Hogan's a real piece of shit in real life. Ooh, right, right? sushi. Yeah, uh, but uh, he it's a real funny thing. Like setup where he's like, "All right, man, let's just play. It's just for the kids. It's just for charity." He's like, hey, and, "This is gonna be for charity, right?" Then, like, Hulk- no, no, brother. <laughs> like, no, I'm gonna eat your soul. It's a funny fight. And yeah. like, oh, and also well shot and and cool. I I will say this that um so two three and four are directed by uh Stallone mm-hmm. and but most all of them except for uh, like twinges of the third one and a little bit of the fourth one but the first two the stunt choreography which is all seemingly done by uh, Carl Weathers as Apollo Creed and St- Sylvester Stallone as uh, Rocky I. <laughs> Watching to one and two is like holy shit! Like I can't tell if they're fucking hitting each other. Yeah, like it is so well done. No, I agree. And it's I, crazy. I mean, obviously, on the show, we end up watching a lot of fight movies. Yes, right, 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 right. And it is spectacular, incredible, shot. It, absolutely like, it incredible. It just looks brutal. And I especially came down to three, like that fight. Yeah, between him and Clubber Lang is. Definitely brutal. the second one. Yeah, is, the second one's brutal. It's just brutal. Yeah. Like, oh my God, this is, it looks like they were really getting hurt here. Um, I, I don't, I, it's it's one of those movies where like, you know, I we watched John Wick 4 and, uh, and all the other John Wicks. And, uh, but there's some of these movies where I'm like, how, how did they actually do that? Because they, they either, I don't know how stunt choreography works because it, with newer movies and th- movies like this, where you're just like, it's so good that it, because it, it's so believable looking and like, I don't know if they're actually, actually hitting well, each other and, or unless they're so good at like 
connecting and throwing the punch a little well, bit. Keep in mind that like they're wearing boxing gloves. Right. Yeah, but th- so th- they th- are connecting. They're like, connecting, they're, but like they, it's still like hitting them yeah, like a real boxer. They're pulling their punches like Spider Man. Um, <laughs> always drives me crazy. Spider Man, stop pulling your punches. Um, but you know they're pulling their punches, but the they are did. connecting, which helps like the realism because yeah, when a boxing a sweaty boxing glove hits a sweaty guy, it's gonna throw out like fucking like sweat everywhere. It's gonna like show their skin like like vibrating from yeah, it, jaw, like, even if they're not really hitting all that hard right right you know um and they're leaning into it because they're doing it shot by shot like this is how i'm gonna hit you this is how i'm gonna do it yeah like so it, boxing movies are a little easier for realism than a bare knuckles thing uh totally yeah can i say one last little thing that i i realized uh after the first and then the second movie it's like wait a minute is rocky balboa a bad boxer um, well, so <laughs> that's an interesting question because, uh, they set up after two where he beats Apollo Creed that he was thrown a bunch of like gimme fights, right? Yeah. To keep the title. Like he was like, okay, you did beat all these boxers, but they were never a real challenge. Right. Right. But to be fair, other than in Rocky one, and even then just barely, Anytime there was a real challenge, he was all has always risen to met, meet the challenge right. and defeat it. He, what what I finally realize is the the Simpsons episode where Homer becomes a boxer and he becomes like that jobber where people can box him and they really just get tired and then they just they end up like falling down themselves. Yeah, and then Homer wins. It's like, oh, that's Rocky because he. What he can do... His whole thing is that is he can he take can, abuse. Yeah, he can take abuse and he can last the 15 rounds. Yeah. And because I... Cause I he tires all, out the other guy. Right. Which like, is a real skill in it's, boxing. It's a real skill. Yeah. I just had never seen that before. And I guess I was like, I didn't... I guess I've never seen Rocky. Because no, I thought Rocky was like a fucking, like, let's fucking go. It's interesting watching the evolution of his fighting style in these films. Right. Because in the first two, that's all he's doing. He's yeah. just like, I'm a punching bag. I can take all the abuse you like, have. On, I die. wait till you get tired and i'm not going to get tired as fast as you right and then he takes him down uh like once apollo creed starts training him for three you're like okay now he's learning how to dodge and weave and do all right he actually becomes good a real fighter right yeah uh and that's what like what's really fun towards the end of the even the third one where they get in the rain together one last time and there's like ah and the most uh, iconic shot in the entire series yeah the end of three where it goes into the painting of them both connecting their punches together, mm-hmm. which like they used to sell those as posters. It's cool. Yeah. Um, a weird series, uh, yeah. the one through four. And I think that people's uh, uh, recollection of the movie is not as uh, it's, I think it's a slightly um, skewed based on like that. They think that it's like, Oh, it's what it's the, the greatest boxing movie of all time. Like, um, when you say boxing movie, are you talking about the last like 20 minutes or are you talking about the rest of it? Because there's a lot more going on here huh? that I think is uh, a very interesting character study. The fact that uh, Sylvester Stallone wrote it and created this character from the ground up, I, I thought it was like, wow, he's a he really wanted to go there. And re- and that's the thing is like he really wanted to act the shit out of it, and which I really appreciate. I mean, like we love to give people love to give shit, Sylvester Stallone shit as if he can't act. I'm sorry. Watch I, no, he the can. original Rocky films. Yeah, you're he like, can. wow, he's actually 
genuinely great. The first Rocky film was nominated for 10 Academy Awards. And it won, what, five? It won three. Three. Best Picture included. Best Picture, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, He is really great. But, you know, for the record, I take you in the ring right. Me? Yeah. You heard me just fine, Punchy. Look, (laughs) Southpaw, I can do this, okay? I can take you. I'm not sure about the whole... You need to learn to fight right. Hand. We didn't even talk about Burgess Meredith. Like you need to talk about fight right hand. Burgess, Rocky. Every also <laughs> every other side character in these movies are awful human beings. <laughs> Burgess Meredith is a piece of fucking shit. He's a terrible. He's person. terrible. But he's a he's, good trainer. He's a good. I guess uh, he's like you gotta fucking do it, Rock. <laughs> uh, I always like thinking that characters, even though this is like a PG movie, that they're constantly saying like fuck. Uh, but like Burgess Meredith is just like, come on, Rock, you're a fucking bum, and uh, and it's just like he's just constantly he's like, hey, b- b- like Mickey, but why are you talking to me like that? Like, what? Come on, let's get the big. It's like no big deal. And uh, I was like, like Rocky, you piece of shit. I'll Rocky, you piece of shit. Dick off. I was like, I'm gonna eat your dick. I always, I wish that he just turned into penguin. Right now, yeah, just yeah. like halfway through, it was yeah. like, it was like when he a Burgess Meredith die. I don't fucking care. In the third one, he dies. He's been dead for a long time well, in real but, life, but, so it's fine. Yeah, he yeah. dies in the third one because he has a heart attack. Rocky, it's fine. I'm feel like, fine. Just go get out fight. there. Get out there. And I, I wish his last breath was like, Rocky, did you win? And uh, he's like, Yeah, yeah, man, Mickey. Uh, yeah, yeah, Mickey, yeah, I won. His 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 death rattle is just like the penguins. Like, I'm like, hey, so is this like the same universe as Batman? Or I I will just say that this set is like, hey, I'm I'm Batman. Comes with no new bonus features. It's just the previous bonus features uh, uh, from Blu-rays. It's except for the ultra director's cut. Except for the except for the ultra director's cut of the fourth and a documentary they did about it that I did not watch because I. Don't care. Well, there is that hardcore sex scene between Polly and the robot, no, which is not. awesome. No, I would, which like you know what that redeems his character for me. I don't want to watch because he puts I it. Don't in, even he puts in that little, this. Stop. He puts in that hole. Uh, oh my god! What? It's called a USB port. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, hey, I'm going to stick it in the USB port. All right, we got to move on to other stuff. That's unfortunate. Sorry. Uh, we're going to move on to <laughs> I, I can talk about this all day. Era's release of a 1979 film called Knockabout, hey. a Chinese Hong Kong martial arts comedy film that was the first film Yuen Biao ever starred in. And I know Yuen Biao never, and I'm, I think I'm mispronouncing, I think it's Yen. I can't remember. As a spell. Recently, I went. Oh shit! I heard I was listening to a, a, a like extra feature. I was like, shit! I've been saying it wrong all these years, and now I'm still saying it wrong. Is it win? I don't know, but it, I'm just going to say you win Biao because that's phonetic. It's probably win. Um, but uh, directed by Sam Hung, who was a, not only a major actor in these uh, Hong Kong films in this era, but also a major, major, huge director, star writer, of martial law, a, a huge star of martial <laughs> as law, you might know him from Arsenio Martial Law Hall. with Arsenio uh, <laughs> Hall. Uh, all the kids out there know Martial Law, the TV right, show. So Sam Hung, Yen Biao, and Jackie Chan all grew up together as best friends. They yeah. went to the Peking Opera School together. They all were Got tortured, literally tortured, and physically abused by the by the school, as were many 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 actors over 
the decades of great childhood film, yeah. uh, growing up in this. And that's why they're as amazing as they are because they all, their hips physically broken uh, by them and were trained in almost a torture sort of way yeah. to be as like the ultimate badasses and they turned out to be the ultimate badasses no See, surprise but- i wonder if we did take that course uh maybe against our will uh that we would be better off at our age right now Chris. what you and me yeah yeah probably probably right but would it be worth it well they all became stars yeah, did they did they though um uh have you seen a little show called martial law okay they all became stars <laughs> I don't know where I was going with Come the, on. The day, though. <laughs> uh, well, except Yun Biao never really turned into a huge star outside of Hong Kong. Sam Hung had an American TV show that did really well. He is he is arguably as successful as Jackie Chan, if only oh. if only because as a writer director, he has had so much sure, in, in that aspect, yeah, yeah. But like he's But as a, an action star, he also is like during the era of the late 80s, early 90s, he was as ubiquitous as Jackie Chan was. He was in so many films. Yeah, but I think he was still fairly niche compared to yeah. Jackie Chan. Because I, I think as soon as Jackie Chan did Rush Hour, people are like, oh, I know who that okay, is. That's decades after what we're talking about. No, but, I know. Yeah. But the thing is, though, is that I don't think that the general audience, at least for America. No, no, no you're right. Jackie Chan is by far the better no- yeah, name. Yeah. Like in America. But in China, not the oh, same Oh, well, case. yeah, that's, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. saying Sam Hung is probably held up as being like at least right below him in terms of like, totally. uh, estimation. Yun Biao is really well known in Hong Kong, but never really got the same kudos, even though he is equally as a badass as Jackie Chan or Sam Hung is. I mean, the, the thing is, like, everyone is a badass, basically well no true but like the these guys the, the the three brothers i think that was the name they went by was uh oh really like they were amazing and oh, they just amazing. kept doing amazing thing yeah. after amazing thing and biao worked with hung more than he did with chan but they also did several films that were all three of them together mm-hmm. there's a film called dragons forever that i highly highly recommend Ooh. with all three of them together it's incredible they- but this one uh directed by samuel Ch- samuel hung uh, follows two con artist brothers, Yen Biao being one of them, Brian Leung, who did not get the same amount of like long lasting career. <laughs> being yeah, I did not recognize who he yeah. was. It was like, uh, oh, this is, I mean, he's good. He's really good in it. They basically get cheated out of their own cheat con. Game yeah, cheats by Lau Car Wing, uh, uh, who's a character called Silver Fox. They try to fight him, get their money. He beats the shit out of them. So they go, hey, you're so badass. Can you train us? We want to be more badass in an awkward series of circumstances. And he's like. It's like, fine, I guess so. Okay. Uh, But it turns into a thing where he's not, as it turns out, not a really good guy at all. It's like, seems like he trains them only out of pure boredom. And then it well, turns out- it's like he's kind of smitten by their charm of just like, no, we really want to serve you yeah. and and learn your ways. Well, and he's that's like, a very hmm. Hong Kong film, like, yeah. oh, master, like, right, yeah. yeah, and uh and yeah, they find out that he's actually one of the like biggest outlaws. Yeah, he's that's a piece out of there. shit. He's a piece of shit. Yeah, yeah. and then weirdly, the the training the real training thing, like how do we defeat him, comes from Samuel Hong, who's playing a minor character in it. Oh yeah, he said that. I forgot. Crazy fat beggar 
who everybody shits on, but like who's, who's evidently like, who keeps conning them out of their cons. Yeah, yeah. Like, and they're like really annoyed and don't like this guy, but they realize, oh wait, this guy's kind of a badass, and go like, all right, we're kind of like we kind of need someone else to train us here. So will you teach us what you do? Well, it's only uh, the the main guy. The main the, guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. because... Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, because I was actually kind of shocked. Uh, it was spoiler... I don't fucking care. Uh, so... Uh, <laughs> The the uh, the friend the brother though is actually killed by Silver Fox. You're like, yeah, oh shit! Yeah. And uh, and I, I was like, I did not know it was going to go there. And but the, that's what I learned after watching this and the 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 other uh, two uh, <laughs> Semo Hong movies is that he also really leans into what he thinks is comedy, uh, which is comedy. Uh, but there are what? points when there's not comedy, uh, where it's just like, oh, that's just awkward and weird. Um, we'll, mm. we'll get to the one I'm talking about. Yeah. Uh, uh, talk about this film. But, but he, he has a really good sense of comedic timing. Uh, not only just for himself, but for each of the characters. Are you talking about Yen Biao or? No, Sam Hung. Sam like Hung. how is he it, writes his it. movies and yeah. how he, uh, yeah. directs them. And like they're really well shot. Uh, and, uh, he, he just, he has really good comedic timing of like how yeah. he shoots things. And, like, and he incorporates the action with the comedy I mean, as well you're a big guy who is considered fat by certainly everyone and himself because he's constantly saying who that. is an insanely talented martial artist uh-huh. and incredibly fast and, def- and part of the part of the reason why it's fun to watch sam hong is because he's so big and, and and by any other standard by versus all these super skinny guys and yet he's faster than almost all of them because he actually is yeah he's just incredibly talented martial artist yeah like but he has no fear of playing on the fact that yeah i'm a fat guy i will kick your fucking ass (laughs) i i I do love that is that he he feels like uh and, and he earns it he's on the same level as anyone else who is in most of these movies being portrayed as like the ultimate badass, like yeah. he is right there with them. Yeah. And, uh, and you believe it because I mean, again, they're all doing their own stunts. It's a and, lot of movies where he's the secret badass. Yeah. Cause they play with the whole, like, look at this fat guy. He right. couldn't be a badass. Right. Yeah. And then he just wails you on like with a, you know, huge rotisserie chicken or something yeah. like that. I mean, literally which does happen. In this both movie. of us are fatter than Sam Hung. So, um, okay. You, Oh, <laughs> some hung. Um, yeah, it, it's um, it's actually a pretty fun movie. I liked it a lot. Yeah, I had a good time with it. It's yeah. not bad at all. It's good comedy. Uh, yeah, it, the martial arts is fantastic. Oh here. yeah, it's tricky. Uh, it's well edited. Sammo Hung turned into one of the really great directors of martial arts films. It's it's a really um. Like intricate, like story too, because you think it's going like one way, and then it goes a completely different way Mm -hmm. after a while, and uh, and it does even the same thing for the next movie that we're going to talk about. Is I I was kind of taken off guard where where it's going because I guess that's a credit to him is that you don't know where it's going to go, and there's a lot of extra features here on this arrow thing. Uh, There's two different cuts: the Hong Kong theatrical cut and the international export cut. By the way, generally speaking, watch the Hong Kong cuts of things. Of the international, international cut? cuts are usually. Oh, I always watch. Yeah, the cut down. Yeah. Oh, and, really? And sure enough, it's like ten minutes shorter. 
So oh shit, I should have watched that one. Uh, uh, there's <laughs> two different commentaries here. Uh, there is a heavy hitter with Sammo Hung archival interview when the film oh, I get it. came out on DVD in 2006. There's Above the Law with Brian Leung Karyan archival interview produced for the film's release on DVD. It's the prequel to Martial Law. <laughs> Monkey Magic with Grandmaster Chan Sao. Uh, Chan Sao Chang archival interview produced for this 2006 release as well. There's one deleted scene, which is a prologue used to, that was used to promote the film in Japan. Then uh, trailers, image galleries, but Arrow, of course, puts a great book, a great set together. This is if you're really into Hong Kong films and you're like, oh, I feel like I'm, I always, and I feel this way about Hong Kong films. Yeah. I always feel like there's something I haven't seen yet that's going to blow me away. This might be the one that's going to go like, oh, possibly, yeah. One that you like you haven't seen yet that's going to blow you if away. If you like Jackie Chan movies, this is definitely like on, in the same vein, for sure. Well, I would say even more so, the next one we're talking about, Millionaire's Express. Oh, yeah. Uh, which is also directed by Sam Hung, uh, also directed by Arrow. 1986 Hong Kong martial arts Western, like a Wild West comedy yep. film that reminded me of like something like in a mad, 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 mad world. A little bit, yeah, because there are a lot of characters in this movie. It's just all over the place. And also stars Yuen Biao is in this. Uh, The great Rosamund Kwan is in this film as well, uh, who was in the Once Upon a Time uh, in China film series. Uh, sadly retired since 2007. She oh. she got married uh, wealthy. Was, and was she the, uh, the main uh, female lead? Yes. Ah, yeah. Uh, but this is... Just a silly comedy action film. With a lot of dick jokes. A billion different places. Not all of it has aged well. No. For sure. Not as badly as the next film we're going to talk about. I aged well. cannot wait. But uh, there, there are, uh, it's, a, it's really difficult to explain the plot of this movie because it is. It's just, there's like four plots. It, it really is. <laughs> uh, and they're all equally kind of important. Yeah. Uh, so Samo Hong plays. A guy who is a con man. Ching Fon Tin. Yeah. Who uh, is constantly conning people. And he's also, he has this really cute relationship with a, I'm assuming she's a prostitute, um, who who you were just saying earlier, Roseman, whatever her name is. Roseman Kwan. Kwan. I'm not sure that's the character you're talking about, but yeah. Yeah. And, um, but they always like find each other when he's like, you know, doing a con. I I was just watching the rest of it tonight before you came over. And, uh, there's, (laughs) there's this great scene where I I forget why he's there at the, basically the, um, the brothel. And he's explaining to all these women who are infiltrating the place to say like, stop fucking our husbands. And, uh, to all these prostitutes, all these women come out to go like, stop we're against this and he comes out with a big speech and then they're like women's rights yeah he says like wait he's like wait a minute he's like well, so what's wrong here it's like it's like they're fucking our husbands he's like so don't you fuck your husband he's like yeah i was like aren't you a whore as well and he's like oh he has a point and he's like he's looking around he's like oh fuck i can't believe she fucking bought it and uh which is kind of great that he does that because he's like okay this is all absurd i mean he's the center point of this film it even starts with him in russia where he's like yeah. finds a bunch of dead Rus- Russian soldiers and he's like, oh shit, well, I'm gonna like search him for stuff. And then it turns out it's a training exercise. <laughs> and, then, and they're all like, 
what are you doing? And they start like basically like not torturing him, but but like, they capture him and they make him do a hula dress dance. and drag, yeah, yeah, and dress yeah. and drag yeah. with a mop on his head. But then and he underwear. gets out by murdering all of them, which he is blows weird. them up. Yeah, literally. Yeah, but you're like, oh, okay. Other than the blowing them up part, I was like, oh, he's a sympathetic criminal. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so he he finds himself basically back from like at his hometown. Yeah, he where- goes. He decides to go home where he was raised from because he doesn't want to be the guy he was before. He wants right. to use his skills for the good of his hometown. Right. And he's still conning. He's still conning, he's but bring, for the betterment of the town. He's like, I'm going to bring a... B- <laughs> okay. So <laughs> I'm going to bring a bunch of hookers in to the town. I'm sorry. Can we not say hookers anymore? I'm not we could say... Sure. I don't know. Is hookers really not mean. okay? Hookers is, I guess, fine. I don't, I don't know. know. It's like... Sex workers into the town. Yes, I'm sorry. I'm not dismissing the, no, the no. idea of this. I'm just saying. I'm not. I but after get a few uh, whiskeys and ice, I'm not sure. Uh, you, you, we will yeah. probably say a few things. But but brings them into town. Like this is going to make the town so much money. And not only that, like, I don't know. Yeah. Then he has a bright idea. It's like, how about I'll derail this? this and so the movie's called Millionaires Express. Yeah. Which did we I, not say that? I don't think we did. Oh my god. Uh, because it kind of buries the lead about what that is. Yeah. Because I, I was like, why the fuck is this movie called Millionaire's Express? And then you find out, I was like, oh, there is this train that is, for some reason, housing all of these millionaires uh, that are traveling across the country. And he has the idea. I was like, hey, you know how we get no business in this town? Well, this train is coming through that has all these millionaires. If I blow up the track, if I blow it up... If I blow up the track, they'll have to stop here and they'll spend all their money here at the town. It is like yeah. the right Sulek of ideas that <laughs> takes like two minutes to come up with. And then that's the movie. Well, he, yeah, but he's not the only person who wants to stop the train, but other people want to well, kill people. That That's where it, I... This definitely gets that's the mad, mad, mad world yeah. aspect is like because there's so many different groups. There, with their there's own so many things. different groups that like have their own plots of that they're trying to like. There's another group of like renegade p- uh, police officers that were from the town that just want to rob everyone. Totally corrupt, yeah, yeah, totally corrupt. Uh, and they like they're trying to uh, uh, take the train, um, uh, rob the train, and uh, and that that gets oh, all there, fucked there's up. There's a bunch of Japanese on the train who have a stolen map that shows the location of an which is actually like thing. the a plot or. something something i guess it's I hard d- to tell what they it's very is. hard to understand what that because is because it moves so fast it's yeah. just like and then this and then this yeah. and then this which moved very fast for me because i was trying to finish it before he came so i put a <laughs> 1.5 speed but the martial arts are all great that's great the stunts are really fun yeah the comedy is actually outside of some really inappropriate shit here and there is pretty good there, there's a scene where um i i was like okay movie um <laughs> Where he, uh, the, there is towards the end where this huge action scene in the in the the town, and uh, this guy who's been trying to arrest uh, Sabo Hong uh, this entire time, he they join forces, and he has this huge Gatling gun, and it's overheating, and it's like, it's like, do you have any water? He's like, uh, yeah, one second, and he stands up it's out of his mind, and he just starts pissing all over the the machine gun, and the guy's like, what the fuck. Uh, yeah, it works and it works yeah. and uh and it's like do you got any more in the tank he's like my kidneys can't take it and uh <laughs> i'm like okay well the the comedy side of me is like i got it at the same time watching him like aye, aye, aye. this is a pretty fun little film that is i get why it didn't 
really explode the way a lot of their films. Well, because it's all over did. the place. Because it is all over the place. Yeah. But I think in retrospect, you can, you can watch it now and go like, wow, what a crazy little weird totally in time type of thing. Yeah. Uh, reminds me of another film called Let the Bullets Fly, mm. uh, which is probably better. But right. still, uh, so this is presented on Blu-ray uh, with Arrow Video. Um, it looks fantastic. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of special features and extra. Uh, there's an extended cut, one hour and 41. The theatrical cut is an hour 37. I watched the extended cut. I couldn't tell you what the difference was. But, I was going to um, say like three minutes worth. I'm like, what the hell's the difference? There's two different commentaries, including one uh, that has Cynthia Rothrock on it because Cynthia Rothrock, this was one of her earliest films. And she was. She's the. She's the. The, the white chick. The white chick. Yeah. Uh, she was. Oh, my a, God. That's her. She was a huge deal in Hong Kong films at this era. Wow. Uh, she came over like, uh, all right. So there's three interviews with Cynthia Rothrock in this. Uh, she was that in a parallel universe, she would have been one of the biggest action stars in the world in America. Yeah. Like they tried. Yeah. They really did. She's, yeah. She has several like Cynthia Rothrock starring action films. Yeah, I know. The problem is that American directors didn't know how to shoot action. And so. Right. And also American audiences were like a woman kicking ass. I don't know. But she but could Asian, fucking kick but ass. Asian audiences were all about it. Like, yeah. At this point, they were all into like hot chicks kicking ass. Like, yeah. We'll talk about this in the next episode we do together because we have a whole slew of woman-led martial arts films that are, that are really great. All like, right. With, like Cynthia Khan and Michelle Yao. Like, yeah. I, I uh, thought you were referencing the next movie. No, but, um, yeah. <sighs> Cynthia Rothrock was a total badass and she's amazing in this. Like, she's really, really good and she talks at length about the whole process of how they do these films. Mm-hmm. Which, in... I you so rarely see a Westerner talk who, because there's so few Westerners who were doing these in this. Era. Right. Because there's only two, I guess, Westerners in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. But, there's the guy that doesn't talk. And uh, I think he says one thing and then yeah. she's she doesn't really talk. Yeah, you'll usually you'll see Westerners who just get their ass kicked immediately. But in terms of action stars, there's like her and I'm oh, my God, I'm blanking on the name of the guy. But there's this huge dude who like was very famous for doing tiger style kung fu chuck norris no um that you don't know the name of it oh oh but uh, uh, it's uh chuck norris no who appeared in a lot of movies even american films as just like a grunt extra but oh uh, john calvin dam (laughs) anyway she gives some really amazing insight of what it was like to be part of this world that's cool i should have watched that uh (laughs) Yeah. And there's also Oops. interviews with Sam Hung, two different interviews with him. There's archival interviews from 2007 when this uh, last came out on DVD. Hmm. Um, it's a really great set. It's a two disc set, even. Oh. And there's an English export cut and a hybrid cut that mixes the two together, hmm. as it were. It's a fun movie. I liked it a lot. But I'll tell you this. Um, the next thing we're talking about, oh my god, which I... has Jackie Chan and Sammo Hung, two of the biggest stars in martial arts history, pulling an "I Am Sam" meets riding the bus with my sister meets I what was, is the title? I was calling it "Fighting on the Bus with My Brother." Um, <laughs> it's Heart of Dragon, and it is I garbage. Love Sprite this movie, uh, garbage, garbageo. Uh, you wow. told me at one point they were trying to market this as police story zero. <sighs> okay. You told me 
uh, before I got the stack is like, hey, there's this one movie in here that you know you're you're probably gonna like because you're weird. You're a weird out. Yeah. And uh, and I was like, what is it? And he started telling me about it. I was like, oh my god, I can't wait. And then I totally forgot. And then I put it on, uh, and I was like, wait a minute, what the fuck's happening? And then I was like, oh, and then I started furiously texting you as I was watching it. And I was I was also sending uh uh, uh pictures to Eric. Uh, Eric Samaniego, where there are multiple shots in this movie where it's like, wow, that is so goddamn problematic and also gross. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. That I genuinely uh, had a good time with it because it is so uh, problematic. Wrong. Wrong. wrong and, uh, and it seems like he was swinging for the fences. It's, again, directed by Sam Hong. Yep. Co-starring Sam Hong. As Jackie, Jackie Chan's Chan. little mentally disabled brother, although yep. in this film they make no mistake about saying retarded, right? Which you know, obviously we don't. Do and anymore. and okay, and other dick jokes, by the way. But this one is extremely problematic. I don't know if you remember this, but I do because I'm sick. So, at, like the first ten minutes, it's explaining Jackie Chan, Jackie Chan's character who is uh, training to do I don't know something, and um, and so then. <laughs> Uh, he's a cop. He's a cop. Yeah. And uh, and Sema Hung is his little brother who is mentally disabled and um he hangs out with kids and he's he's dressed up in like overalls, he has a little bowl cut. Yeah, it's he like, looks like Mo from the Three Stooges. Yeah, he yeah. it's it's putting on quite a bit. So there's this one moment and I have to explain this because it is very important to me because <laughs> it's like, wow, I can't believe they did this. Um, but I, again, I kind of understand why they did because they're, you know, idiots, I guess. Uh, the, 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 the creators, not the characters. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, they're, they're sitting around, uh, and they're like eating ice cream or something like that. And like the kids like, Hey, should we like, let's go eat in that restaurant. How about you pretend to be our dad? And then we'll, we won't get kicked out. And you're like, Oh, that's a good idea. And so I was like, do, do you have any money? He's like, I think so. It's well, in my pocket. We should specify that. Sam Hung, being mentally disabled, is friends with a bunch of kids. Yeah. And they're like, oh, you're the guy who looks like an adult. So you can get Right, right. Yeah. Because the kids yeah. are like, you know, eight or 10. And, uh, and Sam Hung is a uh, grown ass man. And, um, and so one of the kids reaches into his pockets, doesn't grab any money because he has no money. Oh, boy. And then he's like, hey. Because uh, the kid like whips back, touches his dick. Yeah, he just say, "Hey, like, why didn't you tell me you, you had holes in your pockets? Like, you got to cover that thing next time or something like that." Literally, that's how every porn movie starts. <laughs> he touched his dick. He's touched his dick, and I came. Uh, uh, thankfully, now, it does not go into a porn film. It does not, uh, unfortunately. Um, no, no, fortunately. Well, Do I you was really want to watch a Zamo Hung porn film. Well, despite I was, his last name, I thought that this show was going to go there, and you know, I was slightly disappointed, but uh, I'm also grateful at the same time that I was not watching the worst thing ever. Uh, it is pretty fucking terrible. It's pretty bad. Look, look. All right, this came out the same year as the first police story. It was actually both. The, oh, really? Both films were nominated for best stunts, which is bizarre, right? Because this this is not really actioning. No, I mean, like most of the stunts are Samuel Hung, like accidentally getting Get, knocked into shit. Well, and that stuff. and also yeah. getting his ass kicked. Because there's an action scene right in the beginning 
Uh, yes, yeah, there with, is with yeah. Jackie Chan. Yeah, like, which is like I'm a fucking... cop. I'm, I'm. He's basically the police story cop. Yeah, like oh, okay, he's doing the cop thing, and then there's an action scene at the very, very end. That's a really solid action sequence. It is, yeah. But there's nothing else in the middle of it, and no. like, and it's just. It's embarrassing, just embarrassing, cringy. It's just this guy characters. is mentally retarded, as well, they keep saying. Yeah. Well, it's also uh, Jackie Chan is um, there. There's two things going on. He has a, a girlfriend that he really wants to be with. But then um, he's also like all his friends like, you can't be with her because your brother, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And, uh, and he's like, oh, how do I juggle this stuff? And it's like, well, maybe what I'll need to do first is just be on my own on a boat for whatever reason. And uh, and I'll leave you here with my aunt. And then you'll have to fend for yourself. And he's like, okay. And uh, like, there's that whole plot. And like, there's all these things where he's basically trying to get rid of Sammo Hung. And, uh, and it's, it's sad because you're just like, cause if it was done now, it'd be like, you asshole, uh, like you're, you don't want to take care of your brother cause you, he, you know, he's mentally disabled. Well, the, the production company Golden Harvest really wanted to find a way to make Sammo Hung no martial arts in this. And apparently they fought for it. And, and Sammo Hung with, and Jackie Chamba said, no, that's fucking stupid. I thought uh, you were about to say something else. But. Yeah, no, that's fucking <laughs> stupid. Uh, you're like, how would he like learn? How would he know how to fight? He, would, um, he wouldn't know how. Yeah. I mean, although admittedly, it's an interesting idea of the idea of somebody who's like an idiot savant. <laughs> But, you know, that's yeah. not where they went here. Uh, and it feels like, and things I've read about it suggest, but not confirm, that Chan really wanted to show at this point in his career he was capable of drama. And, and that shows. and Because yeah, there's a bunch of scenes where he gets really emotional and yeah. cries and stuff. And there, like, There's that, it's... It is like soap opera level melodramatic yeah. where... Um, he is like he's throwing shit in the apartment or whatever, and I think he like maybe hits Sammo Hung or something like I don't know what happens. And uh, Sammo Hung like goes in the bedroom and he's like sulking and crying. And then uh, because basically Jackie Chan wants to leave him, and his best friend who's on the force is like, "You can't leave your brother." It's like because it's not like a normal brother, quite yeah. frankly. Is like you have to take care of him because it's he like can't take me care of himself. You. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, and so I'll never leave you, right? Well, I think, please don't ever leave. No matter me. how many stupid things you do, you're my heart of dragon. <laughs> um, wait, no, you're my heart of dragon. I'm gonna stick with what I said. Um, mm. but Jackie Chan then has this scene in the bedroom, and they're like they're crying, and then. <laughs> What's what's so funny is that the like the friend is in the door frame watching all this all happen, <laughs> and he's like, Dah! and like he like cries as well, and so they're they're it's all a really embarrassingly terrible. Scene. It's it's super embarrassing. <laughs> it, it's like it's it's like Jack Chan, just just wait a couple more years, you'll be in a Chris Tucker movie. Uh, trust me, like you've only gotten out. Hey, hey, you're gonna be in Shanghai Nights. You'll like, be fine. Yeah, yeah. You had you've had two really good films. You've had one film that hasn't come out yet when this comes out. Yeah. Play story. Like, you're going to be a huge star. Just be patient. Just be patient. And I get it because, like, I'm assuming it's like, hey, I think there's this guy in the next, like, maybe 20, 30 years that thinks that this is going to be a good idea. Let's call him Sean Penn. <laughs> and um, he he's going to, like, want to do something very similar to this as my good friend Sam Hong is doing. And I'm going to be, you know what? Maybe I'm going to be like a, a guy named, I don't know, like Tom Cruise. And he's going to be like my Dustin Hoffman. I don't know. I'm just making oh, up names now. Are talking about Mystic River? I'm talking about uh, Rain Man. I know. I was kidding. 
Well, Mystic, wait. Oh, yeah. Mystic River. <laughs> That's a good movie. Oh, it's a really great movie. Yeah. You're, my Tim, you're my Tim Robbins. Uh, <laughs> that I escape from the situation through a tunnel and you never see me again. Okay, we're getting to um, Tim Robbins. Or that I encounter my son in, in, in heaven after dealing with lots of hell because I was in Vietnam. Was that Jacob Flatter? Or that uh, I was a presidential candidate and uh, I, I I like did a bunch of shit wrong and then got shouted out for it. Which one is that? Or that I was good friends with John Cusack and we liked to steal videotapes and we partied a lot. Wait, which one is that? <laughs> I have such sights to show you. I was going to say the first Rocky <laughs> in Rocky 2 is just like Hellraiser in Hellraiser oh 2. Oh my God. All right. So this... <laughs> Arrow released this, I assume, because they had to because to get rights to other stuff. The trilogy. Um, uh, uh, but uh, there's a Hong Kong theatrical cut and an extended Japanese cut. Uh, Which is three hours long. No, it's no, it's not. Eight hours it's long. Eight, eight minutes it, it, longer. It is Samuel Hung going full on uh, Samuel okay. Hung. Um, Stop or I will murder you. <laughs> A commentary track. There's the first mission, which was another title for this film, because that was one they were trying to re re release it as Police Story Zero, the first mission, oh. and, uh, which is a various featurettes uh, for the Japanese release, uh, which have extended music videos in, involved. Does Samuel Hong do anything in it no. as the character? Samuel Hong is one of those people I don't think. I'm not 100% sure, but he's one of the few Hong Kong artists I don't think really did that much with the music career. Mm. Even Jackie Chan has like 12 albums or something. I know. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, They're all superstars. But there's a whole bunch of like stuff like that. Like like there's a pre-release event that's like 15 minutes long. There's like there was so much promo shit for this that was put out, which is rare for yeah. the film in this era. Archival interviews. There was a lot. This movie sucks. But <laughs> but it is worth seeing if you're a student of these films and that weird point in both these guys' careers when it was coming out. You're like, this is interesting. And when it does have fights, which, like I said, is just in the beginning and the end, and the yeah. end fights are much better. Yeah. They're good fights, but, you know. Yeah. 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 Hey, hey, if you want to see Sam Hung's butt for oh, uncomfortably a long time in a bathtub. Not the only time. Oh, not the only time? No, he was like... Fat guys take show their butts. That's a thing. I don't remember that. Um, look at look at look at uh, Dennis, oh, Dennis France. Oh man, yeah. NYPD Blue. Yeah, NYPD butt. Yeah, that's what the B stands for. Fat guys show their butts. That's what they do. They're like, you know how I'm sexy? Look at my butt. Look at the butt. Look at the butt. It's got hair on it. You know, every once in a while, I'll get sent some something that I'm like, wait, did I go into a parallel universe? Like. How do I not know this movie exists? Yeah. It feels like this should have been a thing that everyone knew existed. And the Grand Tour is one of those movies. It was originally released as Timescape and then released on video as Grand Tour Disaster in Time. And now it's being released uh, on Blu-ray as The Grand Tour. Uh, at the Grandscape. <laughs> Directed by David Twohey, who is probably best known for uh, doing the Riddick films. Uh, Pitch Black. Pitch Black, uh, Chronicles of Riddick, and Riddick. I know him as the writer of The Fugitive. He is indeed the writer of The Fugitive, as well as Waterworld. I know him as the writer of The Fugitive. G.I. <laughs> Jane. <laughs> I, I, I genuinely like Waterworld. I'm sorry. I genuinely like it. I've never seen it. 
it's not bad at all. Well, maybe if, when a 4K release comes out, I'll watch it for well, digital are, noise only on one of us. They already did it. You messed it. I yeah. don't give a shit. Yeah. Uh, and uh, as well as I uh, directed a great film called Below that almost nobody Below saw. Below is good. I yeah, time, I remember that movie. Like, wow, that was really, really good. Um, he, You know what his first movie was? That he wrote. Oh, 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 uh, oh, fuck. I kind of know. Um, uh, what, what? It was a sequel. Oh, to sh- a not terribly great film, but one that everybody knows. Oh, fuck. Um, it was a sequel to a film that was obviously a knockoff of a much more successful series about very small horror things. Oh, 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 uh, n- not Ghoulies. Uh, no, um, close. Oh fuck! Uh, it was critters. He, oh, it's critters! It was critters. critters That's right. Two, yeah, 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 yeah. The main course. That's was right. His first film he wrote, yeah. and then he wrote a film that I have a very soft spot for: Warlock. Oh, that's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah Julian yeah. Sands. Yeah. yeah. But you know, this was his there third was the film. <laughs> yeah, we were fighting off burps earlier. It came <laughs> out. It snuck out. But 1992, he put out Timescape slash now the, the re released as. The Grand Tour. Oh, oh, there's the real burp. Jesus Christ. (laughs) I'm so sorry. And I, it's one of those movies that feels like in a parallel universe, this was the film everybody knows about. Like everybody saw this. You remember when it came out? Yeah. It has a very Spielbergian sort of feel to it. It has that. It's, um, it's got a big star at the time. Jeff Daniels in the lead. It's a cool sci-fi twisty smart film but also with a lot of heart it's it's very yeah if it's it's very twilight zone ish yeah and um it's it's very interesting um i don't know if it's like 100 percent great it's a b minus it's a b minus for sure but there were a lot of b minus films from this period of time that everybody knows about that feel just like this movie but it's like man it feels like uh they you know he go, go for broke uh, in this kind of movie because like he he does the he he takes some chances with this film oh it's a it's a really interesting little film yeah like no question that's well budgeted and, it, it, and well like, budgeted enough yeah yeah just yeah you know, enough to pull it off yeah for sure and, and it does it really does uh he plays uh daniel's uh a widower ben wilson who we see he's renovating old uh house a big beautiful Beetlejuice looking house yeah, uh, <laughs> on the outskirts of his hometown with his young daughter, Hillary. There's flashbacks regularly to his wife dying. And there's question in the town about like, did you do enough to save? Her oh life? yeah. Cause that's the cold open. It's just like, it's kind of the, the movie is also oddly horrific every now and then Yeah, where uh, you, th- how you get to see sort of how she dies. And, and towards the end, you get to see exactly how she dies where they're just driving down the road in a very, very, very snowy uh, uh, road. It's literally the death of the characters in Beetlejuice. Uh, yeah. Well, <laughs> I would honestly say this is way more horrific. Yeah, more. Where, horrific. Uh, where there is, there's a guy that's just being. Uh, it's a sled uh, with a horse, and uh, the horse like freaks out that there's a the car right in front of it, and because it, like, it hits the horse or something like that, 
and then the horse then gets onto the hood yeah, and, kicks and, her to death. and kicks her to death through the windshield yeah. and you see it and Jeff Daniels is like freaking the fuck out yeah. seeing it happen right in front of him and like Jesus Christ this is oddly specific yeah. and um and then he runs out and runs away yeah and you're like oh wow that is a interesting choice for this character well, so he and this stuff is slowly revealed throughout it like the details yeah. of it but he is trying to do this people have mixed feelings towards him in the town like including definitely the the father-in-law father-in-law who who's is like the, actively hates him he's like a judge or something like yeah, that something like, that. like yeah. a big powerful guy in the yeah. town it's like you didn't do enough for my daughter he dislikes him but a bunch of tourists show up very weirdly dressed who are like hey we are coming to stay at your uh, uh, very modern Airbnb. in this day and age Airbnb yeah. of course yeah they're like they're basically all like uh, Jackie Daytona and what we do in the shadows like I am Jackie Daytona <laughs> human bartender <laughs> yes they, they really are they, uh, they, they're just uh, they're, they're coming in and uh, and Jeff Daniels is like all right whatever you pay me money or uh, i guess so so the upshot is here and this is a minor spoiler really because they you figure it out pretty early on in the film uh but they're disaster tourists in the future they're like people come in they go to places where huge disasters happen yep uh, to witness them from a safe place yeah and he gradually starts to figure this out gets involved in this whole thing has sort of some sort of relationship with some of these people in a way uh on very at least levels. two of them yeah and one who's just kind of like hey you should get out of town and it gets into the morality of yeah they're doing this at all and it's you know an adventure story as well because something bad really bad is going to happen to this town yeah and he's got to be the one to like convince people like shit we got to do something yeah and it really takes some fascinating turns in the third act, the way they do it. They start going into like multiple like people, like Back to the Future 2 and 3 stuff. Totally. And I'm like, this got a lot more interesting real fast. It's, <laughs> I, man, Jeff Daniels is giving it his all when there, there, there are moments when, um, you know, there, there are moments where in Back to the Future that they didn't, um, they did not cross certain lines because of the, their logic of uh of the film of the science where like you don't encounter your uh yeah. doppelganger yeah, even though it never really comes to anything yeah yeah but in this is like well fuck that yeah and uh and it's kind of great and oddly enough it's shot really well yeah to where it's like i was actually kind of shocked by how because uh, this is what what year is it like 1991 92 Oh, okay. Upon um, release. Oh, yeah. right. According uh, to Wikipedia. I don't fucking care. Right. I go based on the goddamn physical copy, only on <laughs> digital noise on one of anyway, us. Yeah, uh, the, it but, is really well shot, and it feels like, that's what I'm saying, it feels like like Starman or something, where yeah, it's like yeah, a exactly. big, wide-release film that everybody saw. Yeah, but, well, here's the thing, is that people didn't, we, we all revered Jeff Daniels as an actor, I don't think the general audience did. Yeah, maybe not. They no, no, they didn't. Yeah, they just really didn't. They just know they're like Dumb and Dumber. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, it's unfortunate because Jeff Daniels is an incredible actor. Yeah, he's so good. He's capable of so much range. So and much range. Here he really he's an everyman. Yeah, and he's doing doing it like crazy, and he becomes 
he goes from every man to like straight up the martyr hero. Yeah. And, and you believe it. Yeah. He is terrific in this. And this is a charming little B minus sci-fi, um, like weird oddity, oddity film. It's a, it's, it's, it just feels like an extended, um, uh, episode of the, the like 90s Twilight Zone yeah. or like the Outer Limits. Agreed. And uh, and it's just like, because it, it has like little sexiness in it as well every now and then. So it's like guaranteed it's more and more Outer Limits. Yeah. But uh, it's it's really interesting uh, that there is this uh, futuristic uh, tour just as like, let's see all the fucked up shit that happens in the world. And, like, they actually go places that I felt like the movie was not going to go. Yeah. But I'm like thinking halfway through, it'd be better if this movie went these places, but it's not going to clearly. Well, and then it does. It and does. I'm like, wow, it, that was kind of neat. It, it actually, what I think what, what you're talking about is definitely towards the end yeah. where it's actually checking off boxes where if like someone who is really sci-fi and geeky would write this yeah. and want to see is like, well, you know, give him an out. And, uh, and, but I want to see like where else it would well, cause go it towards the like end. So much of it is holding on to the tugging the heartstrings that yeah. I'm like, they're never going to do this stuff. And then they actually do this stuff. Yeah, and they do. I'm like, oh, they actually are interested in the sci-fi. Like, like where, like, where would a sci-fi geek write this? Right. Where exactly. would they go to? And it's, it's, I, you know, his filmography and the things that he's written, let, let's, you know, let's address the more of the sci-fi stuff than anything else. Like he, he writes really like sharp stuff mm-hmm. and uh, it's really unfortunate that he hasn't had a more prolific career Yeah, because I think he hit a definitely a peak. Uh, I mean, with pitch I guess black. which yeah. pitch black, yeah. but like there was some like stuff that he wrote in the nineties that was like, wow, this is a really big deal. Like the fugitive, even though uh, the most iconic line from that was improv, right? Still, <laughs> but but uh, it's it, you see it from this is like his first directorial. This is a directorial yeah, first film he directed. Yeah, yeah, you see it right out of the gates. It's like wow, you kind of knew what you were doing, and yeah. it's really unfortunate that Hollywood just doesn't want to give you the chance because you are doing things that are mix of like Spielberg and. Um, like uh it's like sterling a lot of different elements like a lot yeah. of different elements like i was defending pitch black the other day saying like yes uh, so i was you know, ta- discussing with someone like so what is it you would like to see horror do and because i'm a big horror fan i was like i want to see horror transpose more of the standard tropes into different time periods mm-hmm. because we get so much of the, like, it's just fucking high school kids like, or whatever college right, kids right, right. in modern day. Right. Like I want to see more like pitch black where it's like, let's take these tropes that we know, but transpose them into the future or, or, uh, uh, um, Oh God, what's the one about the Donner party, uh, uh, with uh big B from, from uh, transpotting, uh, ravenous, like you know, great, great, great movie, but period piece horror film that's taking all the standard horror tropes, the witch. but transposing them. Well, that's that. not standard, but that's horror. more going into art horror thing. That's but you know horror. what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I want to see like this is out outre horror, like doing it in right. like let's do it in a different time period, and so then your expectations are changed. And, right? Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, and Toei no, was great at that sort of he thing. He was really, really good at it. He did that, uh, The Perfect Getaway. I thought yeah. it was a really good, solid little thriller. Yeah. And um, this is a really... It's just, a surprising chapter in his career that nobody knows about. 
and it's the first chapter. Yeah. And uh, you should watch this. Yeah, I it's, agree. You should. It's really interesting. This might actually become a film. I could see this totally become a film for a lot of people that like hits them perfectly. Yeah. Like in all the right ways where mm-hmm. this becomes a new classic for them. Sure. Like, it's not for me. It's still a B minus for me. It's still, yeah. But, uh, but I, I know. I'm glad people, I watched it. I know. Pe- and I feel like if you're a parent, this is going to hit you a lot stronger than it would. Totally. Um, yeah. But it, either way, like, wow, I'm so glad that this is now in my, like, I've seen this. Repetible. I know about it. it yeah. In reference to him. Toy's a great director and needs another chance. Somebody give him a chance to direct a really smart sci-fi series on streaming or something, you know? Yeah. It, it feels like he, he would have done, like, The Expanse. Yeah. Uh, but or, like, or, or The Peripheral. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, it's he he's a very sharp writer and uh and he comes with really interesting ideas and he i think he's a really great director he gets really great performances out of everyone and jeff daniels is always like fucking a plus oh yeah always. uh even in a b minus movie yeah. uh there are some bonus features here there's an alternate title sequence uh that is bad that looks terrible it's pulled from what i assume is the vhs copy of the film uh, there's a brand new interview with what's listed as the the editor, but he insists he was the visual FX supervisor, Ed McNichol, who talks about the film. Uh, there's a, a 59 image gallery of production stills, and then there's a 21 image poster mockup and artwork gallery, and then trailers for other stuff. But yeah, this is a solid movie you should check out. We're going to talk about a film that just came out yeah. that uh, we reviewed on Highly Suspect Reviews mm-hmm. called Megan or Mathrigan. Mathrigan. Your name's Mathrigan. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> uh, I. Sorry, doing my best uh, to say worst. Uh, King and Michael Key. But <laughs> that's right. <laughs> I, I I watched this movie uh, on my own uh, own accord. On recognizance. Uh, on recognizance. Uh, the rated version, which is the PG-13 version. Wait, you watched this before you watched this? And then I watched the unrated, unrated version. Which is better, I'm sorry. Um, I'd have to argue no. No? Yeah. All right, so there was argument for this. Uh, and I've seen both version, versions. I saw theatrically the unrated, and yeah. then I watched the unrated. And I'm very mid about this film series. Also, this movie is not good. Because it's definitely a franchise. I don't agree with you. I don't think it's that great. I don't agree with you. I think it's actually a pretty solid C plus of a film, um, which you know for horror is a strong recommendation. Sometimes. Well, sure, sure, but like, but he, I, here's I, here's the thing: it's like I think it's like it's more of um, new Chucky, where it's like you remember the villain more than the movie itself. However, what they're doing with this character of Megan, who is a a living doll, much like Chucky, except she's not possessed by anything. She's an it's, American doll it's with more, guns and all. It's more like a remake of the Chucky remake that they did. Right. Where he's an AI creation who becomes like a little too smart. Yeah. Uh, and wants to turn on his creators. It's hey, basically, Andy. It's basically exactly a remake of that remake. Uh, it r- uh, really but is. But with like a young preteen yeah. being the doll and supposed to a tiny little doll, a right. uh, little Chucky doll. Um I don't know, man. I, there's a lot of stuff here that worked for me. There's a lot of stuff here that I was like, this could be better, but this feels like the start of a 
franchise that will get better because it's definitely getting a sequel. Well, it's uh, definitely getting a sequel. What what I think that it did, which is why I don't care for it, is that it uh, it had to play a lot of different um, like tones at the same time that it uh, what i feel like from this movie is that it um it it the studio was like okay we're hedging our bets and all these different tones to where we're going to make at least enough of a profit because this movie didn't cost a lot of money money i don't think and they it was uh 12 million yeah exactly uh so they were hedging their bets on this idea that like that people will go see it just because of the the robots dancing and killing people and uh and uh they won't remember the most the rest of it except for like some quirky funny weird moments and then um off-screen kills also it's like two of the greats of modern day horror uh james wan and jason blum working together for i think the first time the first time yeah yeah who now have a partnership right right for going forward like fuck it let's do right like, we are the two guys that make money off horror movies now totally totally together but uh i think the unrated version is actually more of a of of just like stupid like or at I'm, that point when i watched the the unrated version i was like who gives a shit the only difference really is the kills are more graphic and i'm like yes i'm a horror fan i and, want and more like, graphic kills. when you say more graphic it's like slight yeah no it, it is, is slight. fucking slight it is slight but it made a difference to me because i remember watching it, the unrated i was like why did you cut away from this money shot it, it, i i don't understand initially as well because i i think it's like the the uh, quote unquote graphic nature of the violence yeah. is like there's more fucks than kills. Look, you have gotten spoiled by all the movies I make you watch. <laughs> like, well, but no, no, that's, that's no, well, like where you're like, this isn't gory. Well, sure, yeah, but like, because uh, it's not by comparison. No, to like but, this is not a Lucio Fulci film. Oh, hold on, one second. Like, I, I've seen way more graphic movies than the stuff that we've seen on here. But the thing is like, I think that this movie even still holds back on the unrated version. I think the unrated version is quite honestly, just like who gives a shit. And, um, well, I mean, if you're watching it only because even if you didn't like the original and you're like, I want to see it get super gory, then yes, you're going to be disappointed. And it's, no it, yeah. And it's, I'm, it's not super all, gory. All I'm saying is like, if you have a choice between the two, you want to watch the unrated version. Um, sure. I yeah. guess I, I also say it's like, just pass it all together. I think it's yeah. just like, it's, it's not great. I, had, I, I, I think it's like, watch anything on TikTok of, of Megan, Mithrigan, Mithrigan, uh, uh, just like her dancing and like, got it. And like, I really was impressed with the core idea here, which mm. isn't the plot. It's the special effects idea of using the uncanny Valley sure. against the audience. Sure. Like you're in instinct for the uncanny Valley to make something creepy. I've never seen anybody do that before. I was like, they're like, let's use the limitations mm -hmm. to our advantage. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was really cool and impressive the way they did it. I mean, like I a lot of the times you watch the bonus features on this, which aren't extensive. They're more like EPKs, but a lot of it really is an animatronic doll and a very impressive no. work. But when they're doing the more crazy stuff, it's a young actress that they've yeah. CG'd the face of the doll. Onto it's, her. it's impressive. That's what I think that's, it's, interesting about the film that I think that's why I 
feel like my gut reaction is that the movie is hollow to begin with mm-hmm. is that this is a proof of concept to do the next thing. Yeah, I agree with that. And um and that's why like yeah, the C plus uh, or the C minus aspect of it is like it's very apparent. So you're a C minus, I'm a C plus. Uh right. Uh well, I mean I I I just like it's I think the movie is completely forgettable in the end. Um I but, love that Allison Williams is turning into a scream queen and like how did I bet she even she's like how did this happen exactly? I was like fucking get out. Uh but <laughs> she's like I was on girls. I was that on was girls goddammit. Yeah. But I I think that uh what's I hope what happens is that the movies beyond this go completely bonkers. Yeah. Yeah, just like go for broke. Yeah. And me too. Uh cuz I think that the unrated version is completely um just who gives a shit. I think that like the, the, the kills that there's only two kills that I think that are worth watching that they add to is like the power washer scene where you could see like, Oh man, she's spraying off her cheek. And then the, uh, <laughs> uh, and then the kid gets hit and you get to see it extended. No, the, like, the, the elevator scene is extended too. <sighs> He gets stabbed through the. Ch- it does, it's a little. More, it's like a second or two gory. Th- this movie, the unrated version, the, the like the fact that they say unrated is like, I, hey, you want some extra again, frames? I agree with you. Yeah, but I'm just saying, if you have a choice between the two, and you're going to watch this ever anyway, which a lot of people are going to, then just watch the unrated version. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I just I think that the whole overall thing is that the fact that that there's a PG-13 and an unrated version existing and. Yeah. That's why I think that this, I'll have to say, I, I think it's kind of gross Okay, uh, that they had these two things happening. It's like, why did you, even like the unrated version, it's like, how is this not like already PG-13 anyway? Because this is barely R yeah. with the violence. Now, no, what, what, what I've I think, seen television shows that are much more violent. Way more yeah. violent. Have you seen 911? That show was fucking gnarly. <laughs> or even just called them. <laughs> uh, it's like, they'll kill your dog. Uh, but like. <laughs> <laughs> but this, the, the the only thing why I also think the unrated version is super lazy. I actually, I really fucking hated this. Uh, wow. What I what I think is really lazy about the unrated version is like we'll just say fuck. We'll say fuck. Wow. And they You're say so cynical. Sin- you defended smile, which is garbage, as oh, you say. I, I think uh, I thought it I'm was. I'm sorry. Really that is fun. like. Just it was so much garbage. This is so much better than One, Smile. It actually had fucking creepy shit in it. Oh no, it didn't. It was and just Megan all... was like fucking nothing. I it was had like much more fun with Megan than I did with Smile. Yeah, I I had way more fun with Smile, and it was actually I well, felt like tension totally. And the no, I'm not wrong at you all. Are in the no, wrong. I'm not wrong. And uh, and Let, Megan, let's, let's go to the the, the listeners. Listener, uh, are you on the line? Okay. So who's wrong? Well, of course, rights are wrong. Well, rights wrong all the time. <laughs> uh, wait, wait, uh, wait, hold on one second. <clears throat> um, well, uh, rights wrong. He's not wrong all the time, but like you know, in this particular case, uh, like he's like smile, smile. I can't do smiles anymore. But Chris, like, I don't know what this caller is talking about because. Clearly, Ryan is in the wrong on this one. But but Mathrigan is you know is right. Oh, it's all right. It's no big... I loved Mathrigan. Yeah, like hey, the unrated versions. Like there's some special features on there. It's pretty good. I just want to hear him argue more. Right, you gotta fight. You gotta get up in there and you gotta kill him. You gotta tell him what you think. Oh, 
oh, you do Burgess bearded. It's like, <laughs> oh, oh. So I realized that was a terrible Burgess. <laughs> All right, we got to move on. Come on, Chris. To finish the show. You got to do it, Chris. To talk about one of my, honestly, the best DC animated releases that we've that has come out in some time, the Doom, the Batman, the Doom that came to Gotham. And why did I like this one so much? I've because actually, you like H.P. Lovecraft. I love H.P. Lovecraft. I love H.P. Lovecraft. Except for his racism. Well, but I thought that's why you liked him. <laughs> no, uh, no, no, but definitely not. You told me there was like, oh, this, this is one of the best ones. And I watched it, it was like, all right. It is one of the best ones. Thank Do you for listening. Disagree? Digital noise. Oh, wow. Only on one of us.net. Okay. So this, you're so disappointed. I, I, I am very disappointed. I, I, your eyes blinked. You're like, I fucking hate him. I'm <laughs> so sad that you didn't feel the same way. I no, I, I feel like this is less. This is definitely a, a Batman, a DC animated thing uh-huh. that is less for Batman fans than it is for HP Lovecraft fans. Like this is really, really about the Lovecraft part of it. Sure. Uh, like it's not like what if Batman encountered Lovecraft stuff? No, it's like what if Batman only exists because of Lovecraft stuff? Sure. I, you know what it also felt like? You know when like um, there are those scripts that lay around and they're just like, hey, what if we made this a Batman movie? This was written by Mike Magnolia, who did Hellboy, which I know you love. Look. Don't use that against me. I'm going to hey, use that against Don't use you. that against me. Okay? Oh, my God. That, that, you can't, that, you're not going to get my goodwill by doing your excellent Rocky impression. That, that's not fucking fair, okay? <laughs> I thought this was fucking terrific. Really? I, I enjoyed the living shit out of this. I watched um, this on a Saturday morning. I was like, that was a cup of coffee. I thought this was great. Where it's like Batman initially just Bruce Wayne, basically, who like is just a rich like a billionaire and it's like you mean period piece, just Bruce Wayne. 20s b- period piece uh-huh. and like Oswald Cobble Cobblepot slash the penguin as we know him and, and Batman is you another rich guy no not Burgess Meredith wow. has like disappeared in a search for some artifact or something up in the Arctic yeah. and they go out looking for him and they find out that oh shit there's Lovecrafty shit going on and then the, there's an octopus man in that ice and then there's origins of all the big characters as it goes along or the changes to them how they become those characters that aren't based on the original Batman stuff, they're based on the Lovecraftian stuff. And this is a one and done type of feel where yeah. it's like, okay, you're like, this gets all the, all, just a ton of characters that, you know, like fucking green arrows in this and two yeah. faces in yeah, this and yeah. Laz Agul and Talia Agul and Lucius Fox and Etrigan and, and the penguin, oh, and yeah, Oracle, yeah. all these characters and poison Ivy, Robin, but all their origins are tied in. The reason they exist is because of what's happening in the story. It's all right. unique to the story. So you kind of have to let go your feelings of, but that's nothing like what happened in the Batman yeah, comics it's, it's, with them. It's, it, what it does well is that it handles the um, the lore of H.P. Lovecraft well. At, at the same time, it balances the whole like Batman mythos well. At the same time, like it's 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 an oddly good balancing act. And- Did I care for it? I th- I think quite honestly, it's extremely forgettable. Uh, I loved it. I'll be rewatching this for sure. I I will never watch and this again. I loved the ending, like the way they wrap it up. Like, oh, with, what's uh, the ending? Batman, I don't forget. I don't remember. I, I just I was totally like, that's 
fucking perfect. You nailed it. I left it going like, I really hope you don't make another one because I because there wouldn't there weren't sequels to Lovecraft stories, and this feels like the like in in its way a Lovecraftian ending. Right, right. You know, I was like, this is perfect. Don't follow it up with more. Yeah, I mean, I like the. Uh, I I didn't know that. Uh, did was it a comic with that Mike yeah, Mignoli did? Yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah. Um, I haven't read it, uh, and I won't. And um, and so <laughs> you love Mike Magnolia. I I I like him a lot. Uh, I'm gonna call Mike right now. Look, I met hey, him. We've got Mike on the phone. Hey, Mike. Hey, how you doing? How's it going? This is Mike Magnolia. Why do you sound uh, like Rocky? <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're talking about this, this, this Mike Magnola, I've read Hobbit Hillboy, HP RD, or whatever. We know who you are, Mike. That's why we called you here. Hey, look, what are you talking about? Uh, we were talking about the doom who came to Gotham. Oh, I fucking hate that script. Just, uh, like, I wrote it for a piece of uh, money. It was great. It, it made me a lot. Didn't you? Write everything for a piece of money to some extent. Yeah, that's my that's my secret. Is so, it, uh, you know, the thing is, like, I you know, I, I come up with ideas, right? And you know, I come up with ideas, and you know, and sometimes like I think it's like you know what I think that make me a lot of money is you know like you okay you like you know I I come up with ideas like I think that were going to be good, but then like after a couple minutes, it was like you know, not. Is but the thing is though, I think they could make me a lot of money. So, did this make you a lot of money? Yeah, it's bitch, baby. It's like, I made a lot of money. Yeah, so you don't think it's good, though? No, it's like, you know, whatever he would say, like, let's just say, like, a, you know, Chris Cox Cox. And it's like, like he says, it's like, you know, he this is one of the best movies, you know, of the animated uh, DC universe. The thing is, it's like, it's like, you know, if anything, it's like, this is one of the worst. But the thing is, it's like, I'm never going to watch this again. Hold on. Did you just call me Chris Cross Cox? Yeah, baby. How do, how do you even know about that? Well, you know. How, how do you know about that? I'm uh, That's kind of a secret. Hold on. Reaches across the phone lines and rips off his mask. It's the old Rite who runs the haunted amusement park. How did you know, Rock? <laughs> it was me all along. Anyway, sorry about that. That was a good bit. That was a good bit. That was a good bit. I, I think yeah. I, I think we were really proud of that bit. We totally Howard Stern that. We shit. we Howard yeah. Stern that. I was like, oh, girl. Uh, like you know what? I I'm glad we did that. And you know what? It was better than the Batman. No. And Doom. Honestly, the, if the you had, game to if that you had came any to sense about you, this might be our pick of the week. But unfortunately, I guess it's not going to be. No, because it's great. But there's audio oh, you already commentary. Know I, you here. already know what my pick of the week is. Audio commentary by <laughs> Sam Liu is one of the people who runs basically the whole universe here and the screenwriter and DC creative director and a friend, Mike Carlin. Sorry, Mike's great. Uh, Batman shadows. He's the DC creative director, Mike Carlin. You know him? Yeah. Good guy. Oh, Uh, Batman shadows of Gotham. He's great, baby. uh, Which is a behind the scenes produced uh, 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 featurettes, which is okay. Uh, previews, of course, as usual, from uh, other stuff that has already come out. I don't yeah. know why they do this. They always do this. Previews of stuff that has been out for like three years. Um, like, you cannot wait to see this new Batman movie from three years ago. Amazing. And then uh, two older episodes in Batman of the animated series, The Demon's Quest Part 1 and 2, which are Ra's al Ghul stuff. Uh, yeah, I thought this was fantastic. I uh, really, really love this, but right is wrong as is often ironically hey, the case no problem okay <laughs> but what is our pick of the week Ooh, 
Is it a Rocky set? Because that's hard to say as much as they're great, but it's no bonus. Like the bonus features that are there only if you love Rocky four. And I'm sorry, you're wrong if you love Rocky four. So it's, you know, it's, here, here's what I was. I mean, thinking. I still cry at the last fight when he beats Drago. I was, I was so embarrassed. I was watching it at work on my iPad because uh-huh. it came with a digital code. So I'm like, okay, I'm like watching it like, yeah. on my break. Okay, and like it gets to the final fight when it finally gets past the montage and gets into the fight where Rocky's beating him. I just uh-huh. start fucking weeping and I'm like, what is going on? And it's just because I love Rocky the character that much. That's great. That I was I'm falling asleep. Like, um, oh I uh, no, I I don't know this. Th- maybe I'm going to do something different. What? You're not picking Heart of Dragon. We are not making that the pick of the week. No, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say Heart of Dragon because here's the thing. One, it is definitely the best movie that we've seen so far for this whole Obviously, thing. Obviously, you don't mean. But that. the DVD release, though, the Blu-ray release, it doesn't have a lot of shit, right? I don't know. And uh, <laughs> I didn't watch. It's like, it. I didn't even look. I didn't uh, even watch it. Uh, but uh, I want to recommend none of them. <laughs> Like I, I'm looking at. Can we all just of the, agree on the Grand Tour? You know what? Yeah, yeah. I'm kind of like Only okay because with it. it's like a a hidden it, gem. It's yeah, a out genuine. Of, out of all of these, it's a like it's something that's like I genuinely gem. liked it. It's a good B plus or it's minus a, or whatever a, it was. It's a film that it feels like wow. Why haven't I seen this? Right, and yeah. like and the fact that like when, I remember when you told me about it and it was like, hey, watch this is a movie you're going to get and David Twathy get it did it and I was like wait what is it Twahi? Twa- I thought it was Twahi Twahi I don't I don't care. even know here's yeah. the thing oh so. good baby and Hold uh, on, we got David Twahi on the line David hey uh, how's this it pronounced David Twa- this is David Twahi Twa- Twa- this is David Twahi it's just Twahi you, 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 you have to pronounce that as Bill okay Twahi 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 yes Twahi you got it. Twaddy? It's Twaddy. Twaddy? Twaddy. Twaddy? Yeah, exactly. You, so the thing is, you have to, you have to enunciate it, okay? It's like, it's like, it's Twaddy. Twaddy. Yeah. <laughs> That's our pick of the week. Thank you for listening to Digital Noise. I'm so sorry for all the bits this week. <laughs> I don't know what is going what, on. Why we had to apologize? We had a, 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 oh, I'm sorry. Great, David's but, still on the phone. Well, producer, can you cut him off, please? We, we had a lot of great, great guest stars on here. It's David Twaddy. <laughs> <laughs> we we had like we had Bridget oh Meredith. We we get, yeah we had a lot of great people. It was a great, great, great baby. Great job, Toffee. <laughs>